These days, we know the literature suggests that compassionate care is part of competent care. And as I was given this talk, and the talk was all about how our healthcare system has to be more compassionate, I thought about the Pregnancy Resource Center, and I thought, okay, we've got compassion down. Holy cow. I mean, just listen to what Kristen's saying. This is Caring for Both, a curbside consult series by the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, where medical professionals answer your questions about what it means to provide evidence-based, life-affirming health care to both pregnant women and their preborn children. We know that every day in your practice and on your rotations, you face clinical situations that are challenging. We've all called a curbside consult when we need a quick second opinion on the best course of action for a patient. This podcast series is meant to serve as a curbside consult for you as you face ethically challenging patient care scenarios. Hear from experts on how they approach these situations and tips for how to think through them. Because we know that your lives are busy, we keep each episode short enough for you to listen to on your work commute, so you have the support and information you need when you need it. We upload new episodes every Thursday. I'm your host for today, Miriam Diallo. As medical professionals, you may sometimes encounter patients who are facing difficult pregnancy decisions. Whether for medical or social reasons, women may ask you for your support as they consider obtaining an abortion, and you might be wondering how to approach such situations from a pro-life perspective. Here to answer those questions are two leaders of a North Carolina-based pregnancy resource center, a nonprofit organization that's geared specifically towards serving women who are pregnant under tough circumstances. We have Dr. Susan Bain with us, a board-certified OBGYN based in North Carolina. She serves as the medical director of Choices Women's Center and is an APLOG board member. She is also on faculty at Barton College. We also have Kristen Eckenweiler, MED, the client services director of this same clinic, where she oversees all client activities as well as resources, training, and evaluation of all client advocates and volunteers in the center. She also served as vice chair on the board of directors for Choices for seven years. Both of these guests have counseled hundreds of women considering an abortion and can offer insights for medical professionals in both a private practice and a pregnancy resource center setting. This is a two-part interview, uh, which means that about partway through the conversation, uh, I'll be cutting things off and uh, we'll be uploading the second part of the conversation next week. Kristen and Dr. Bain, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your roles in serving patients facing difficult pregnancy decisions. How do you work together to care for them? I guess I'll start and basically say that um, we're one team, you know, under the umbrella of a pregnancy resource center, many of our centers have medical clinics. So we have a medical clinic within our center, um, but we really complement each other and work well together, providing um, unique services from a very um, similar perspective. I would say that um, to piggyback on that, that we, it's kind of like a dance. So we meet different needs of our, of our clients. And so there's a, a hierarch, hierarchical need of, of, of being loved and safe and uh, heard. And so we, we offer that from, from kind of the perspective of what I do. And then uh, Dr. Bain comes in and does that through answering their medical questions and concerns. 
From the client's perspective, what does that look like for you to meet those needs? Say she finds out that she's pregnant and is considering an abortion. Um, how does she get connected to your clinic and how do things go from there? So, um, you know, we market, we market like everybody else. We try very hard to get out in front of that, that kind of person, uh, particularly um, someone who might find themselves afraid, alone, scared, uh, oppressed, any of those things. We, we try to get out in front of of, of her so that she can, she can come here and find a place where she can feel safe and heard. And, and so we do, we do market uh, a lot of word of mouth. We have a lot of uh, clients that share what we do here. And so um, a lot of word of mouth, we're relatively small community. um, But we, uh, we're trying every new avenue we can to be able to, um, to, to get out in front of these women who feel like they have no choices, have nowhere to go. Uh, that's that's what our goal is anyway. And so we get out in the community, we speak in the community, we try to be involved at the collegiate level and uh, even in our schools. For me, when I hear that question, I also would add, you know, when they do walk through our door, you know, what can they expect from us and what what um, roles can we play in terms of that for them? And, you know, Um, From a medical perspective, um, we market that we provide pre-abortion services. We don't provide abortions um, or refer for abortions, but we want our patients to be empowered with information. We want them to be fully informed when they make such a massive decision. And um, so information is one of the most important things that we provide for them, Um, you know, I think also we provide oftentimes same day appointments, you know, and as Kristen alluded to, these women are in a, a difficult situation and they need help today. And so we try to be available today and um, we oftentimes, you know, can make a same day appointment for a free pregnancy test. You know, you can't get free pregnancy tests at a lot of places, but you can at pregnancy centers. And so free pregnancy tests, an ability to, to meet with a client um, advocate, which Kristen can explain more what that experience is like, um, and if indicated, um, an ultrasound, and the opportunity to get an informed consent that really helps um, our patients, our clients understand before they make this decision. Um, One other thing I'd add in North Carolina, where we're located, there is a law called the Women's Right to Know. And for 72 hours prior to an abortion, um, this document needs to be completed. So that's part of our pre-abortion services is the completion of that document. That is a super helpful overview of the the types of services that Choices provides. Um, and it's a great point there on on the free pregnancy testing. Uh, I recently saw a, an article published in Contraception that showed that uh, 98% of pregnancy resource centers like yours provide free pregnancy confirma- confirmation services like testing and uh, ultrasound services. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, there's a lot of good work going on with what you guys are doing. Kristen, from your perspective, what do, what non-medical services do you provide at Choices? A lot of ours uh, on our side of the house is, is are things that aren't measured necessarily. You know, these women, many of them um, 
we're the only people that know that they're even expecting. And so it gives them a place to kind of softly land and, and to share their fears. And, you know, we try to get them to talk about those things. What are you afraid of? What are your obstacles? You know, how is this affecting your life? And, and trying to kind of get them to talk out loud because if they can hear themselves talk about, you know, some of the obstacles that they see, some of the fears, then they often, you know, guide themselves to a discovery that they haven't allowed themselves to articulate. And so we're, we train all of our volunteers and myself included have been trained to, to sit with them kind of, I, I always, you know, say that we, we enter someone else's pain. And so who doesn't, who doesn't um, respond to that kind of love? So, it doesn't matter what, what her personality, what her demographic, what her challenges are. We try first and foremost just to give her a safe place to land, give her, you know, we, we pay very close attention to the color schemes and, and to, you know, the comfort level. And we try to make her feel very important and very heard when she's been here. And so that is our number one priority is to get her to a place where she can open up and feel like she can be honest and truthful and, and, and dare I say, transparent about her fears and where she's at. Thank you so much for that. And I'm sure all of your patients are super grateful for the way that you're able to just sit with them and, and walk with them in an understanding way um, while they're going through such a difficult part of their lives. Um, in this next little bit of the conversation, I'd love to jump a little bit into what specifically those abortion conversations look like from your perspective. Um, but first, I, I want to ask about uh, just this kind of the common narrative in the mainstream media about pregnancy resource centers, about the way that you talk to women about abortion. Uh, there's a, a lot of politicians have talked about how pregnancy resource centers use deceptive tactics to recruit patients and really only exist to dissuade them from obtaining abortion rather than offering any real help beyond that. Um, do you have any responses to that narrative? You know, I, I work here. And so I, I know the truth of what we do. And I know the truth of how we're trained. And I know the truth of, of at a national level of what we're actually trying to do. And um, I think my response to that is that, you know, first of all, that is very fabricated. And most people will you know, they'll spin something so that it fits their narrative. And so that's what's happening. They're spinning that to fit their narrative. It couldn't be more untrue about what we do here. In fact, you know, we work very hard at meeting women where they're at, about entering into their pain, about speaking their language. And, you know, while they might fully understand that, um, you know, abortion is is not something that we're going to, to um, refer them for, uh, we might talk to them about statistics that weren't available years ago about, um, you know, just we, it's a called post-abortive syndrome. Dr. Bank can speak more to that. But, um, you know, there's there are real consequences to that choice. And um, and so we, you know, many of us speak from a place of experience where, you know, we a lot of women have. Uh, experienced abortion themselves and have dealt with struggles and for years, decades, dare I say. We even offer an abortion recovery program because it's so prevalent in women who have carried this for so many years. And so we just, we try to give them truth. And more than anything, what we say over and over is, look, I, I want you to be empowered with the information on all of your choices so that you can make a decision um, an informed decision that you can live with, that you can live with. And if that's abortion, then that's your choice. Now, I'm not, I, I don't want you to do that. I want to come alongside you and help you figure out how you can, 
have this child, whether this child goes up for adoption or whether you can parent this child and, and understand that, that no one is more well aware of the, of the obstacles these women face and those of us that meet with them every day. And so it's never just black and white. It's never cut and dry. Never. It's never as easy as the politicians try to make it look. I mean, you're talking about people who have real obstacles and real pain and real trauma and, and things that they're very uh, afraid to bring a baby into that situation. And so, uh, we have resources, we have therapy, we have outside connections, we have housing and food and very, very, you know, baseline um, needs that we try to help meet for them. Uh, and, and many of these clients have never been heard, have never been recognized, have never um, met anyone that thought their words, their fears, their challenges have any merit. And so we, we try to do that. We try to, to um, treat them like the women they are possible, you know, with the possibility of making real informed choices, but we try to do that through truth. And so dare I say those that are on the other side of this, uh, they don't always give them all the truth. And so they don't understand what abortion is. They don't understand what's happening. Um, scientifically, if we look at things that are happening, you know, we, they don't tell them that. And while we might require an ultrasound before an abortion can be performed, we don't we don't always show that to the client. We don't let them see what is actually happening. And um, and if a woman wants to make that decision, we understand at, at Pregnancy Resource Centers that, that she's on her own path and that we're just part of that path. And if we can speak into her decision one way or the other, we will. And if she makes a decision that she struggles with, we're still here. You know, we're still here. We we still love on these women and we still try to meet them where they're at in their in their in their fears and their pains and their recoveries. And there's a lot of wisdom that comes from somebody to sit down and kind of talk you off the ledge and get you to a place where you can make a, a calm, not, you know, we always say we, we, we would rather be proactive than reactive. And so we try to teach them. You have time to absorb all of your choices. Here they are. Here's honesty. Tell me what your fears are in each one of them. Let me speak some truth into each one of those. And I, I liberate you to make that decision on your own. And I support you and I honor that you have the right to do that. And I, I wouldn't say that anybody else, if they're being honest, does that. And so while, while people think that we have a, you know, we have some ulterior motives, our, our motives are to honor women and to, to try to take away some of the obstacles that keep them from making these decisions. And Dr. Bain is, is a forerunner in some of that, just employers that don't support women who want careers and families and, and just situations that women come up against where it's challenging to 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 feel successful and then have to choose life for, for your unborn child. And so um, we try to speak honest and true into all of those situations, but we are not, we're not in the business of manipulation or power struggles. We're not in the business of, of trying to make women uh, feel shame. If anything, we're just trying to love them. I mean, not, that is our goal is for women to feel loved and heard and safe. Well, um, I'm not sure I can do much better than that, but I'll add a little bit of insight from the medical perspective. You know, the most common thing that we're called is fake clinics. And um, I invite you to call us up and come visit us. We'll schedule an appointment and then you can make the decision. This morning, I was actually doing a presentation for a group of 
hospital uh, CEOs and about stress and burnout. And I was talking about what makes competency and a mistake I'd made years ago, um, asking medical students and residents, would you rather have a competent or a compassionate doctor care for you? And um, it was the wrong question because I was only talking about technical knowledge. Um, And, you know, when they would say a compassionate doctor, I would say, oh, well, you might die, but it'll be by a nice person's hands. Well, these days we know the literature suggests that compassionate care is part of competent care. And as I was given this talk and the talk was all about how our healthcare system has to be more compassionate. I thought about the Pregnancy Resource Center and I thought, okay, we've got compassion down. Holy cow. I mean, just listen to what Kristen's saying. Okay. And our movement, it we started in the 60s. It was in the 90s that we started adding medical clinics and have worked really hard in the last 30 years to have that technical competency. And yes, can we always get better? Sure. Just this weekend, we did a, a medical state conference in North Carolina training um uh, center directors, um, the medical folks on this. So um, I, I would challenge you, I think we're in, or challenge those who question us that we have tremendous competency in our centers and know that we will continue to improve on that. That's a really important note to end the first part of this conversation on. Thank you so much for your insights so far, Dr. Bain and Kristen. And a massive thank you to our listeners for joining us today. If you have any topic requests, you can direct message us on the social media pages linked in the description of this episode. You can also email us at info at aaplog.org. And if you're a medical professional interested in joining this community as a member, you can do so by going to aaplog.org slash join. We will see you next week.